We are live on the Bagland podcast tonight. I've already promoted the black owned businesses, but you know what? We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Welcome to the Bagland Podcast. This is Bagland DP, where we discuss politics, tech, and tangibles. If it's not about that, I don't want to hear it. Promote these black-owned businesses. The www.naturaljourneyforlife.com. Get your health smoothies and your recipes. Sizzling Wagon, great food truck, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in downtown Minneapolis, serving for the lockdown as well. Call 612-475-0713 for takeout. Beingblackandit.com, how to get into the information technology game. I told y'all this four years ago, you wasn't listening. Go to Amazon Prime. Go to www.catwalkfierce.com, get your makeup done. Don't go to none of them uh, Asian places to be kicking niggas ass and kicking them out of Africa. This is black owned. Fuck with us. Go to www.accelerateclass.com. Get your Excel, Python, Data Science, SQL, R, coding, HTML, CSS boot camps. Go to www.mcbridesisters.com to get your black-owned wine company. Go to www.onpointarmsllc to get your firearms. You're going to need them. And www.strongarmllc, uh, strongarmllc.com. That's www.strongarmllc.com to get your local firearm training in Minnesota htxtactical.com you might have some weapons you want some custom builds www.itmasterkey.com to get your online certification and go to www.iwantamask.com to got your kn95 certified mask and go to let's get a couple more here www.thesafetypouch.com this allows you to keep your wallet in reaching in no reaching distance if the race soldiers pull you over and the www.tcmobilecarwash.com appointments only does excellent work call 612-800-2772 and last but not least www.derxwipes.com this www.derxwipes.com follow on Instagram Dirks Wipes that has some very very great they got some real good um antibacterial which are natural natural antibacterial um disinfectant wipes what I did earlier was I made a pre-recorded version of tonight so we talked about several different things so I'm hoping everybody will just give me a call we're going hard in the paint tonight. We're going hard on Sambos. We're going hard on everything. We're live. Let me let my Facebook know. Give us a call. Give us a call. There's nothing else going on unless you got some work in the morning. I don't work till noon. I'm always working. Give us a call. Tell me what you think. Because we are still in the COVID-19. We got somebody about to download that right now, Miss Washington. We got somebody about to download that right now. We, we got to spread this game here. Because you know what? The mainstream megalomaniacal masochist media, what they like to do is they like to change the narrative. They've been doing this for many, many years. They've been trying to tell us 
what we need to think and and all of this garbage. No, we're not going to do that. Many years ago, or not many years ago, but a couple months ago, what I did was I did something very interesting. I was working on one of my second projects and I said, well, you know what? Let me go back and revisit that because this article that came out by Donald J with the toupee was very intriguing to me. There were several different news articles that was covered by that. I think I mentioned ABC or, you know, or USA. I said ABC. Yeah. Um, I mentioned USA Today. Where's my man Area 51? And I ain't heard from him in a, in a while. Maybe they back. Maybe they banned him. ET phone home, ET phone home. God damn it. Let me see if I could pull this up. Now, if you hear a little bit of internet jankiness, let me go ahead and save this here. This is something here, and I wish I could play it, but it's something real quick. I talked about this before, but my brother sent a, I think I'm going to post this up in the chat just for, just for pisses and giggles. But I'm going to post something in the chat about artificial intelligence. Shout out to Derek uh, Grace, a uh, very, very excellent entrepreneur. I covered that brother before. He came out with a with the, the in-home banking game, excellent game. Um, and he's working on some artificial intelligence robots. Now, remember when Donald J with the toupee said, hey, we're going to send out these robots and my brother happened to send me this, and it says the nine most advanced AI robots, humanoid and industrial robots. Some months ago, I also covered something. A new black media mentioned it. Transhumanism. This is extremely dangerous. Look up Bina48. Now, this article here, or, or this YouTube video, uh, by the way, it was it, it said something about they have a list of the most humanoid industrial and service robots that are changing the future. So when Donald J with the toupee says, I'm sending out vicious dogs for you protesters and this, that, and the third, you know what? He wasn't really talking about German shepherds. He wasn't talking about the bull Connor. He wasn't talking about in John Biscuit Lewis's days. I get in good trouble. I spill blood in Selma. I got my ass whooped in Selma. He wasn't talking about that. He was doing a dog whistle back to the bull Connor days segregation now segregation here and segregation for our book that's what bull connor was that bull connor no that wasn't bull connor who was that somebody help me in the chat was that no bull bull connor it was um damn what is his name who who was the governor of alabama back then he was a heavy white supremacist I can't remember his name. Segregation now, segregation here, and segregation forever. He was a heavy segregationist. And I used to sit back and watch that video when I was a little younger, like, damn, man, he bogus. He wants segregation. No, he didn't want colder ice. Now, the white supremacist was looking at it from a standpoint like, okay, we got to keep y'all niggas in your place. However, if you look at what our place was, we were forced to do business with each other. Let me look for this. I got to find this here. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going to read from this. But wait, let's go back to this YouTube video with this summary here. 
they got several different artificial intelligence robots. Now, will this stand in the question mode? Will this take away some niggas' jobs? By the year of our Lord 2032, there was an article that came out by the Agility Report that said 50% of labor jobs are going to be taken from black men specifically. They didn't say black women. Now, now, now why? Stand in the question mode again. Why didn't they say that? They said black men. They said black men. How did they determine that? You see, people want to play the gender role. It don't matter. It don't matter. Cisgender and all this bullshit. The LGBT 5000 plays that a lot. What is it? How did they determine black men? They knew it. They did some studies. They did. They got some data. I got the data. They got some data. Digit. That's one of the robots. They say it can help with, and some of these things could be helpful, but we got to look at the bigger picture when it comes to foundational black Americans, the black folks as a whole. Assisting with disaster response, delivering packages to front doors. Now, delivering packages to front doors. Now, why can't humans deliver packages to front doors? It says with its nimble limbs and a torso packed with sensors, Digit can navigate complex environments and carry out tasks such as package delivery. Now, the Ford, the, the Ford Motor Company and Agility announced a partnership to develop a last-mile logistics solution that combines Ford's autonomous vehicle technology with Agility's digit. Then there's something called Pepper. It's supposed to recognize faces and basic human emotions. That's why I said y'all should look up the Bina 48. Y'all should consider that. Consider the Bina 48. Look up Bina 48. This shit will trip you out. If you got any type of common sense or logic about yourself, you gonna when you start digging in the rabbit hole, you like, whoa, wait a minute. It only takes about a half hour. Right. Now it says pepper. It says it can increase store traffic by attracting attention to shoppers. Then there's Atlas by Boston, Boston Dynamics. Remember, I was talking about Boston Dynamics before. You see, they say this thing is 4.9 feet in height, 28 hydraulic joints, 176 pounds in weight. You know, it could jump. It could do somersaults. Then you got Spot, the robot dog. Remember, Donald J with the toupee says, I could send out vicious dogs. And Donald just be talking some of the times. But, you know, you got to You got to think. You got to start thinking about things. You got to get yourself prepared. We can't get into the scare tactics. Everybody's in the scare tactic mode right now. Well, we got to get him out. Fuck all that. Reparations. Cut the check. Reparations, reparations, reparations. Now, this dog, they said it could run at 5.2 feet per second. It has 360-degree cameras. It can operate in temperatures from 4 degrees to 113 degrees. So you telling me <laughs> niggas going to be trapping out of Antarctica, you know what I'm saying? And it's going to be doing little no-knock raids on niggas in Antarctica and 113 degrees in the Sahara? But I'm just saying, like, I mean, these things are, you know, they're getting ready. 
they're getting ready, you know, for a Diatopia uh, world. You've seen Book of Eli. They got this thing called the HRP-5P. It's a human humanoid robot. Carries out heavy labor. Environmental sensors, object recognition, full body motion planning and control. Then they got something called a Serena 4. It's a humanoid robot, 5.6 feet, 154 pounds. It could walk at 0.43 miles per hour. The Aquanaut, now that sounds aqua. When I heard aqua, I think of the word water, and right, uh, rightfully so. Unmanned, advanced underwater transformer that could transform itself from a nimble long-distance submarine into a half-humanoid robot capable of carrying out complex underwater manipulation tasks. It can inspect subsea oil and gas infrastructure, operate valves, and use subsea tools with just a few mouse clicks. That, I think, is very constructive. You dig? It could go up to 124 miles in submarine mode, has a max speed of 7 knots, and a maximum operation depth of 984 feet. That's very interesting. They got something called the Stuntronic Robot. They got something called the Handle. All types of stuff. All types of information here. But one thing I want to do is I want to go back. And if my Google Drive is messing up the Internet in a little bit, because I am I'm live on my Google Drive. I'm live on that. Let's see. Hold on. Let me let my people know. Did I go ahead and post that? This is a late night. Hold on. I got someone comment commenting on the post. Let me know. Let my Facebook people know I'm live. I think I might go live tomorrow. What is tomorrow? Tomorrow's Monday. Well, and soon here. All right, so Minneapolis here, for those that don't know, if you're out of this state, Minneapolis, I can honestly tell you, they always call it the honeypot. We have a lot of companies here, minus the covert and minus the covert liberal anti-black racism here if you were somebody that didn't know anything about minnesota and you showed up outside of the cold if you had a self-sufficient situation going on or you know you had a good business or you had a good i don't even like using the term good job but if you had i don't know let's see you're making anywhere between 70 plus or something like that I mean, you would think that this is kind of the lake, the lake of, you know, the land of milk and honey. You see? So, I mean, if you could make it here and you're a black person, you could kind of make it anywhere in a sense, because the the upward mobility is based on the upward mobility here is based on a lot of symboism. And that's why a lot of black folks have left. You got a lot of black folks that'll get their degree and then they'll leave because when you stay here, 
it's probably it, it's kind of a shark tooth and, and we'll get into that later but it's kind of a shark tooth um environment it's a benign and neglect sanctuary state it's a lot of heavy benign neglect policies it's a lot of sanctuary for everyone else but black folk so from the employment standpoint you're gonna kind of look at it and be like all right well yeah you could get a cool job but if you're not a coon or a sambo it's just gonna get real competitive for you i'll say it's gonna be very very competitive you see but all in all if you have a skill that somebody can't really automate and you're able to produce something, you know, you, you could find your niche there. But, um, when you look at unemployment, like I did this report and I did it some time ago, but I wanted to shed more light on it since Donald J with the two pay released that executive order. That executive order was something that I've seen a few years ago into making, There was an article, man, I believe I have it in this report, where it was talking about apprenticeship. Donald J. with the toupee was talking about apprenticeship. And I was sitting back thinking to myself, and I said, well, you know what? I think that's a good idea to say the hell with just a degree. Can you do the work? You see? And I was talking, I was teaching an information technology certification class and i was telling people about that i said well when it comes to some of these h1b visas if they start cutting some of those does that mean a position for you if you could get uh, become a subject matter expert and get into a specialized area of information technology does that mean a position for you that's a question i'm not sure i said that's a question you need to ask everything is solved by questions and answers and so i said well I'm going to start reading this report and see, this is some of the analysis that, that I gained. And so I wrote my analysis on it based on information that I seen. And for unemployment, it says Minneapolis, Minnesota's unemployment rate is 3.2%, but there are racial disparities in this state's job market. Now, currently unemployment is 2.6% for whites, 6.3% for blacks and 5.3% for Hispanics in Minnesota. It is likely worse than that. Now, this is what I said when this information was that this was around last year when I wrote, wrote this report. Now, every year, the state of Minnesota holds the greatest disparity in wealth. And the EEOC states that the technician field of IT employs 9% of blacks, which is help desk and desktop support. 1% accounts for executives and managers. What does this say and why? So, in my experience, I've seen where most black folks are thrown into the desktop role and help desk. And one may say this, now this is something, uh, you know, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. I'm going to come from the, you know, uh, I'm going to come from the devil's advocate perspective. I'm going to say, well, hey, pull up your own bootstraps. You know, if you just work hard and, you know, uh, you ain't got no position just because you know, you don't work hard. You ain't smart. 
That's one perspective. The Larry Elder perspective. The Larry Elder perspective. Get my little sparkling water. Nigga got a little thirsty. So, but most black folks that I've talked to, they've worked in a lot of these roles, help desk, desktop support, the sharecrop role or the graveyard role, if you ever you want to call that term, coming into the game. And like I talked to the sister, she worked for this big medical uh, medical equipment um, position. She was at a help desk. She was there for like 10 years. I was at some place at the junkyard buying some parts and we just got to talking. And she was like, yeah, man, I've been out here. They got these little clicks, she said. And if you ain't kissing ass or cooning, and if you just ain't in the click, you just don't get in. I said, well, how long have you been there? Oh, I've been here 10 years. And I'm just thinking to myself when she said that, and I'm like, shit, I don't know. Maybe the way I am, I don't know. But if I'm somewhere for 10 years, I think I'm going to make something crack. So I started asking questions. I got immediately in the question mode. When she started making these statements, I got into the question mode. I said, now in these clicks here, is it a situation where they're like, hey, but we're not going to give you these tools. We're not really going to show you the game or really let you in. She's like, yeah, it's real clickish. So if you don't, if you don't make the right person happy, then you can't really leverage anything. So I said, hmm. That's a, you know, and that's a long time, 10 years to be in the game at a company like that and, and in the same role. So, you know, sometimes it be about the person, but, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, but I thought that was an interesting conversation of information that she volunteered. So in this, in this report here, I see also, it says, let's make this a little bigger. The black folk account for 5% of the American labor force in Minnesota. And the highest percentage of black folks in the labor force is in D.C. Okay. Wait for this thing to load up. This is a huge report, you guys. So bear with me. It, It is a very, very large report. But for some reason, it just takes a long time to load up. So they said the highest percentage of black folks in the labor force is in D.C. Now, let's keep in mind the history of D.C. The D.C. has a ton of history, a ton of history. You know, that's where black folks were, were bought and sold at. You know what I'm saying? Now, it says the unemployment rate appears to have gone down. But that does not mean you were hired for a feasible wage, or does it? In 2016, the median wealth for an, for a, a black household was one tenth that of whites, seventeen thousand dollars compared with one hundred seventy thousand dollars, according to the Pew Research Center. So now you go back to the devil's advocate again. Well, you Negroes just don't work hard enough. You know, you need to pull up your own bootstraps, and uh, you know. But see, a lot of times, even with environments and contracts I worked at, I didn't have guys, I didn't have Billy Bob walk up to me and flat out tell me, yeah, man, I don't know shit. I don't know anything. 
and I'm looking at the position, the qualifications, degree, 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 all of this, you got to have this, you got to have that. And I sat there and I thought to myself, when I was talking to those guys on that recruiting agency, and they're talking about, well, you need to have five years, you need to have this, you need to have that. But I got this white dude, he's 19, he don't know shit, he's bragging about he don't know shit. And yet he got a position in which they said, well, this dude got to have this, this, that, and the third. That was out there in Egan. I've been one of my homies there, Charles. You know, I was, that was the first time I met this brother. He's a good brother. But we were talking about that. Like, I was like, man, you know, they got, they, 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 they running around, they running around kind of like quasi, quasi talking like it's a plantation. And then you got these dudes up in here. They really don't know shit. And it's not that I was an engineer, but they're talking like, I'm like, how the fuck did they get the job, man? The complexion for the protection. So when they start talking about, well, you need to pull up yourself, your bootstraps, that really don't apply. That's not, that's not an applicable concept there for niggas. So, it says black households with a college degree had only $68,000 in wealth compared to $398,000 for white households. So if you have less wealth, you have less chances of passing it down to your children, which means worse chances overall. Now, some black folks say that passing down wealth to your children will spoil them and they should struggle. I've heard niggas say that shit. I'm going, I'm, I'm talking about the ones that make that statement and complain about racism in the next sentence. And I'm going to be very direct and frank with this next statement. To me, that sounds like plantation talk. I'm a slave and you should be as well. No intelligent human being wants their children to suffer for their own failures. It does not make sense and it should, it should be considered bad ethics. Failure should not be a standard. We have too little ownership of wealth to be talking like that. The code should be, hey, I had it hard. I'm going to help you get a jump start, but you got to work and you got to be consistent. And I'm going to show you how to be consistent. See, a lot of these environments, they'll tell you, we'll do this, 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 that, and the third. That's the training. I'm going to tell you to do this, this, that, and the third, and that is the training. And you ask questions and say, well, how do you do this? I had a situation the other day where somebody was talking about, well, this needs to be done. That needs to be done. This needs to be okay. Give me the information. Well, I don't want to resend the information and I don't want to give the information and all that. Oh, well, hell, cool. You just gave me the get out of jail free card. The shit just ain't going to get done. I'll do something else until it gets done. And then when you come to your damn senses, then we can revisit the situation and we could do what I said before. We can redefine the nature of our association. We could do that. The code should be, I'm going to show you the way and failure is not an option. And I'm associating with people optimistic that's what I'm going to be doing. 
I'm going to show you the way. Failure is not an option. And associating with people optimistic about failure is not an option. Not an option. There should be some kind of transparent agreement or disclosure for colleges since they talking about, well, you go to college. Michelle and them told you all that bullshit. You got niggas in all types of debt. They didn't say start a business. That's not what they said. And I'm starting to believe that the dark web or the dark deep state or whatever the hell they are probably told them, hey, man, tell these niggas to get in debt. We're not going to give them no business loan. We're going to give them a college loan. Be a slave. Chicken George. It should be some kind of transparent agree- transparency agreement or disclosure for colleges. So when black folks consider enrolling in the cybersecurity or data program, you know, they know some things. Colleges should be able to explicitly produce cybersecurity data stats of the chances a black person will be hired versus a white person. Because your white counterparts per experience get to jobs while the black people and some non-whites have to do tons of degrees before getting the benefit of the doubt. So that goes back to the Donald J. with the toupee executive order. That kind of correlates to that. I'm tying it all together. Now, many colleges don't track the students' progress in job finding. When I was looking for a program back in around 2007 or 2008, 2006, 2007, I started asking questions about some of these programs and said, well, we want us, we want you to pay thousands of dollars to get into this. I said, well, give me your track record. And the instructor, they said, well, the instructor's only in sometimes and you could call them here and there and all that. And I'm like, uh, that sounds like some pimping here. It sounds like y'all, y'all talking to us like we a bunch of Saturday night, you know what I'm saying, Lake Street whores. This is the red light district east side version. It's a red light district frog town version. You trying to, you trying to talk to us like we some whores. I said, uh uh-uh. I ain't signing up for this bullshit. They started looking at me sideways when I started asking them questions. No, I'm giving you thousands of dollars, and it don't matter if I'm paying for it or not. I have the means. I came here, even if I'm going through a program, I came here asking questions. I came here because there was a program that was going to cover my bag. Shit, that means I got the bag. You don't get paid unless I sign on, motherfucker. So, hey, no. So I'm asking questions. I want to know, is this a feasible situation for me? I don't want to be wasting my damn time. A lot of these colleges, they don't track the students' progress in job finding. They don't always have job placement programs. So you pay thousands, you should have some incentive for what you paid for. We should be able to get into these programs knowing there's something on the other side, not a Burger King or a call center job. The college debt radio ratio for blacks is horrible. I know. Now, here's something else that I, you know, researched in my report. Dr. Claude Anderson offered historical facts on what, what also occurred in our employment issue. Sid32 Vicious, you are live on the Bagland podcast. Thank you for showing up. I appreciate it. We're going hard in the paint. This ain't Don Lemon or the megalomaniacal masochistic mainstream media. Welcome to the Bagland Podcast. Oh, 
Sid, Sid Vicious, what's going on? Live from Colorado. Shout out to rest in peace, Elijah. I hope those race soldiers do a death sentence. <laughs> Straight up. Rest in peace to Elijah. Yeah. Fry them honkies. They ain't shit. See, they seen that brother walking home minding his own business. He told him I'm an introvert. Then he turned, then they turned around and they lynched him. That shit happened last year, man. That shit broke my heart when I seen it. Like, damn, man, all these old ass cases. Like, you see, see, that's what I'm saying, y'all. You see these old ass cases, old cases. You see cases where niggas then got killed, and you like, oh man, that happened last week. You're like, no, that shit happened a year ago. Like, you didn't even know that shit happened. Old cases. There's a you know what? Let's get off subject for a second. There's there's a there's a, a trailer out there. It's called Lovecraft County Country. It's you know it's going to be produced on HBO. I, I've been looking for it for a minute. You know I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. Let's talk about that in a minute. But I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I heard some niggas like, man, I don't like Game of Thrones. All the white people. I said y'all niggas better get up on Game of Thrones. I was the same way. Just like Breaking Bad. That's game on it. A lot of powerful, painful, and, and and insightful lessons on Game of Thrones. Incredible. And if you look at the behind the scenes of what they did, this wasn't no, this wasn't no Jiminy Cricket shit. Like this shit was real deal Holyfield. You know, Game of Thrones, man, was it was like a fucking movie each damn episode. Like them dudes worked. I ain't, I ain't even going to say they had a handout on that situation. Like, they worked like a dog. They worked like slaves for that damn, uh, that, that, that season, them seasons. But now, um, uh, Lovecraft Country by H, uh, on HBO, Love, Lovecraft Country, um, the sister that, uh, wrote Underground, she wrote that. And then um, the sister, um, what's the nigga? What's that nigga name, man? That was that went to Subway <laughs> and paid them niggas to beat his ass. Yeah, what was his name? Somebody help me. What's the nigga that was in the LGBT? What's that nigga's name? Um, Jeffrey or some shit. His his sister's in that movie. She she played in Underground. Real nice looking sister. She played in um she's gonna be in Lovecraft uh country and then Michael K. Williams, excellent foundational black American, excellent actor. He was in the wire. He had like a uh kind of a not really an underground show. I think it was the show on Vice, but Lovecraft Lovecraft Country is basically like uh it's a show by JJ Abrams. Love AJ Abrams. He did eight millimeter, he did uh Star Trek, he did a lot of shit. I think he did Cloverfield. Did he do Cloverfield? But J.J. Abrams and uh, Jordan Peele. They directed this work. It's basically about some black folks that was kind of, I think they were trying to go from one place to another in Jim, Jim Crow America. You know, they had what they called the Green Book. Now, not the movie that y'all seen. That was kind of like some washed up shit. But like the Green Book was for real. The Green Book was like a book to basically tell you, okay, you could stop at this black owned business. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. You know, you could go to this hotel because even especially in Minnesota and all across. So once it gets to the South, don't get it fucked up. There was places black people couldn't go to a hotel. 
You couldn't go here. You couldn't go there. I mean, you're across the country. This was around time, around time, because you got to keep in mind in the 1800s, people wasn't really jumping on road trips and going real, real, real far. They were kind of they weren't really going all over. You know what I'm saying? But as black black folks start buying cars and shit like that um, in, in the 1920s, in the 1930s, the 40s and 50s, black folks was traveling. So they would get the green book because shit, you get caught somewhere. You shit, it, it might be over for you. I mean, it might be real rough. You got the race soldiers. I mean, they ain't had no camera phones or nothing back then. So you might get, you might be with your wife and children and you might come up missing flat out. Like Jay killed all types of niggas. They done kill so many. They probably didn't kill thousands of niggas. See, we thought we think about the documented cases and the shit we seen pictures for and Selma and all that shit. No, they done kill so many black folks, man. They, they didn't never make it. Just crossing towns. They just come up abducted you got to remember margaret sanger uh she started out planned parenthood her whole thing was to wipe out the black race so you know you had a lot of weird experimental shit going on but anyway that 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 lovecraft country was about black folks that was um they were trying to get in contact with another family member that came up missing and they had to go over um they had to go across jim crow america so that's basically the premise of the of the show i can't wait but when you look at when you look at Game of Thrones and you look at what's happening now, it's kind of similar. You have castle black folk. You have castle black folks of the Night's Watch. And basically what they're doing is they're like, all right, hold on. We about to go to King's Landing. We have to, you know, Jon Snow is looking at it from a standpoint like, OK, I got to save the North. But I know these White Walkers is out. So I got to get down with, you know, the free folk. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I got to get down with the free folk. And at the same time, I got to fuck with King's Landing, House Baratheon. Now, at that time, he still don't really know that he's a true Targaryen. But he, you know, he's a noble man. You know, he's like, okay, I don't even really want to be king. So niggas is castle black folk. Niggas got to save the day. You know what I'm saying? And 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 everybody else in America is like, oh, well, when we want you to save us. Get Donald J out the office. And niggas is like, oh, wait a minute. We going to get King's Landing reparations, reparations, reparations. We not. We going to get something out of this shit. We not going to save the fucking day like we've been doing the past 70 years for the Democratic Party. You are going to give the former slave something and you're not going to. No, we're not going to use scare tactics. We're not scared of Donald. They ain't tripping on Donald. I don't give a fuck about Donald. But anyway, Dr. Claude Anderson said, I digress like a motherfucker. He said, here's some historical facts. And a lot of people, especially the, the fried chicken Negro spiritual people, they don't really want to talk about this. But these are forensic historians we're talking about. Dr. Claude Anderson is like a god among historians. He was the first nigga that wrote the Affirmative Action Act. And he wrote it for niggas. He said historical facts on what also occurred in our employment issue. As an example, in the 1950s, blacks had an earnings ratio of 56 cents to every dollar earned by whites. This was in the 1950s, y'all. And a dollar ain't worth shit now. But I'm just saying, can you imagine? This was in the 1950s. 
black folks had an earnings ratio of 56 cents to every dollar earned by whites. As a result of the 1960 black civil rights movement, colder rice, all your plantation sambo niggas, shout out to Messy Jesse, setting it up for broker Al Sharpton. I want to get in good trouble, Lewis, them niggas, and the immigrant coon caucus that was setting it up for them as a result of the 1960. The 1960 black civil rights movement, black earnings ratio went up to 66 percent compared to the white's dollar. However, between 1970 and 1990, remember 1970, that was the cocaine. That was the yeah, give me five on the backslide, baby. That was the, that was around the time when niggas start getting them perms and them Cadillacs and they start pimping them white women and niggas is like, yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm immigrated. I'm, I'm, I'm integrated. You know, I got a Cadillac, you know, and I got this perm and you know what I'm saying? I got holes on the stroll and I got cocaine and it, I'm telling you, watch them old 1970 movies. You see these niggas with these perms and you know what I'm saying? They got their little nails done and they got their Cadillac and they slick and they got their white woman. I'm telling you from 1970 to 1990, there was a 300% increase in the number of Hispanic, Asian, and Arab immigrants. The ratio of black earnings to whites dropped from 66 cents back, back down to 57 cents. The nine-point economic gain of the black civil rights movement was wiped out by a 300% increase in immigrants that occurred between 1970 and 1990. So this, this is facts I'm telling y'all here. This ain't saying, hey, kids down in cages down at the border, they deserve that. That's not what that's saying. That's, that, that, that's not the math. We're saying here, Right here, when you look at, they led in a buffer class. The U.S. Department of Commerce reported that when the Civil War ended, of the 120,000 skilled craftsmen and artisans, over 100,000 of them were black Americans. So you got to think, you're working for free. You're designing blueprints. Benjamin Banneker designed um, um, Washington, D.C. I mean, black folks designed everything. We're, we're not talking about, because you got to keep in mind, when human demon Columbus came here, when he came here, he seen niggas that look like Bernie Mac. He didn't see Elizabeth Warren. You know what I'm saying? When they say, well, Pocahontas. No, when he showed up, he said Native Blacks. When when human demon Columbus showed up on the shore in the 1600s or the 1500s or whatever it was, he seen niggas that look like goddamn, you know what I'm saying, uh, the brat or some shit. He seen niggas that look like Chris Brown. He, You know what I'm saying? Straight up. That's what they don't want to tell you in schools. So, like, when black folks were so-called freed, see, they, they try to hit you, Amazon.com, and all them try to hit you with the Juneteenth bullshit. When niggas were so-called freed, they're like, wait a minute. These black folks have all the skills. They're, they're the hardest workers. I mean, they work for free. Nobody worked harder than black people in America in the 1800s. They say, oh, black folks are lazy. That's a lie. Niggas work harder than anybody on this goddamn planet. So they're like, well, damn what the fuck they got all these skills so they said well you know what let's bring over these white immigrants so that's what they did so what they did is by the late 1890s new immigration policies brought in 26 million immigrants who blocked black opportunities and totally displaced them in skilled crafts farming and businesses so they brought over rapists they brought over uh criminals they brought over um poor whites they brought over um the irish See, the Irish were considered to be the niggers of white people for a period of time. 
when they came over here to the United States, they were like, oh, y'all ain't shit. Then they assimilated in the white. That's a fact. You see what I'm saying? Then they built ourselves up and said, all right, we white now. But at one point in time, they used to put the iris on the plantation like y'all some niggers. So they used to have a little resentment on niggas like, oh, shit, we white. But we ain't got shit like you niggas. We broke as fuck like y'all. So they were the management class. They be the overseers. Today, nearly 50% of the workers who feel highly technical jobs are immigrants recruited and hired under the H-1B visa program for both government and private corporations. I mentioned that before when Donald J with the toupee said, okay, I'm going to cut them off America first. Three years ago, I asked my class this. I said, what is it, man? Donald J's racist. I said, okay. Who ain't? <laughs> Does this mean a job for you in information technology? I said, I'm asking y'all that question. You have to determine that. They he cut the he started to want to cut the H1B visas. The H1B visa didn't help black folk. Let's be very clear, it didn't help black people. Now, y'all probably sitting back thinking, well, that's fucked up, man. Look at Slumdog Billionaire and all that. Look at India. Uh, I mean. They're rolling big. I work for, I'm telling you, I work for some managed services company. You know, whatever you think Cargill is to India, I work for some major, major, the biggest Indian-based company. They convert their money over to rupees. So you get a Cisco network engineer, H-1B visa. Really that job, I worked with a guy before. He tells me, he said, well, you know, DP, what you what you getting paid? And I said, I'm getting 37 an hour. He said, oh. It felt like the conjuring. He like gasped. I mean, it was like a straight horror movie. It was, it was Freddy Krueger versus Jason all the way. He couldn't believe it. I said, 37 an hour. And I said, how much you getting? You know, because usually you don't share how much you get on the job, but I ain't really care. I said, man, how much you getting? Oh, I'm getting $20 an hour. I said, $20 an hour? He said, shh, don't tell nobody. Shh. If I tell anybody I can fire, they send me back to India. I'll be sending back eating curry chicken. You know, don't don't tell anybody. I'm like, damn, nigga. I said, you a senior Cisco network engineer. I said, you getting $20 an hour? He said, oh, don't tell anybody. They'll send me back to India. I'll be home. I'll be like Slumdog Millionaire. I said, damn. I said, well, can I help you? I said, I could probably find you another position. He said, man, I can't look for no other work. So they giving this nigga... $45,000 a year for $125,000 fucking job. That's the way they play their H-1B visa shit. And they can't really say much because they'll get sent them back home. So to them, and he said, oh, well, you know, I convert my rupees. So he'll convert his rupees. He'll take the American dollar and he'll just switch it over. So it converts a little different. So he can live a little, he can live better. And one thing that those guys, those six, those six tricks engineers in India told me soon as they work somewhere in India for one year, what they do is they go and they'll start working. Um, They'll work somewhere one year. And after that, they'll just go somewhere else and they'll get like another five grand or some shit or whatever. So it, it, it's different. Like in one year, and see, that's where it goes back with Donald J. with the toupee sign that executive order. I had that question. I said, well, wait a minute. What is your degree worth? Because in India, the way it works is, from what they told me, when you work somewhere one year, then you could add more skills and you go somewhere else. They don't stay 5, 10, 15 years. They don't really do that. 
a six a six percent engineer will he'll work one year on on a position and then he'll just go somewhere else and he'll get like another two three grand or four or five grand or whatever he's getting you see what i'm saying whereas here you be waiting and you be you be doing the chicken george you had to kiss mass that ass and oh stay here five years and prove that you're beneficial and you know you got to do all that bullshit not over there so that's how the hb1 visa works so since 2007, when blacks had a national structural unemployment rate of 35 percent and Hispanic unemployment was four four point five percent, approximately 48 percent of all new hires were Hispanic immigrants. Governments and private businesses have yet to target blacks for employment opportunities as they do for immigrants. So when you hear these demonic do nothing Democrats talking about all these little liberal policies. Okay, let's be very clear about California. California is so-called liberal. They got the LGBT, free sexual access, all this type of shit. But you have the three strikes bill. Shout out to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. Shout out to him. You have a lot of that going on. You dig? So you have these so-called liberal ideologies with these three strikes jumping Jim Crow 94 crime bill um life parole policies you know a nigga might you know a nigga might get and then they got this gang enhancement laws oh you you know if you're a gang injunction law you live in a neighborhood so uh you might be a gang member and then they could just take you to jail Oh, you live in the neighborhood. You be like, hey, I ain't from the set. I'm just, oh, well, you hanging with gang members. I mean, that's the homeboy. I grew up with him. Oh, you're a gang member. So they can just throw you in jail. That's some of those plantation tactics. Those are conservative policies, y'all. That's not liberal at all. That's a lie. It's a damn lie. If you look at what happened to the decline of manufacturing in the year of our Lord, 1970, the city of Milwaukee was a source of a great manufacturing power where many positions were filled from people in the South. Now, the Second World War, it gave people some industrial opportunities, but now black men are heavily unemployed at a 50 percent unemployment rate, which is worse than the time of the Great Depression. The unemployment rate is worse than the Great Depression for black folks. Milwaukee, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, uh, Youngston, Ohio, places like that where they just throw niggas away. You don't even hear Camden, New Jersey. You don't even hear these places. The Supreme Court just passed protections for illegal aliens and the LGBT. And you got black folks in Skid Row right now that's out there dying foundational black Americans and descendants of the slaves. They're supposed to be in a protected class by the Dawes Act and the 1866 Indian treaties. We got so many treaties, so many Indian treaties. We got so many special ordered uh, 15. Every t I noticed some, whenever I talk to the Popeye's Negro chicken spiritual people, they always have an excuse as for the Dawes Act and the 1866 Civil Rights Act and all those laws and treaties, the highest laws of the land that were passed. And they start making excuses about a lot of sexual access excuses. Well, we know everybody. And I'm like, oh, he just wants interracial sex. I get it. Just say it, nigga. You want to get in bed with somebody from another race. That's why you're caping so hard. But that's okay. 
over 85% of black men of the ages from 25 to 54 jobs in the 70s. But many years later in 2010, less than 53% of black men were employed and 85% of white men had jobs, which was the same level for black men over 40 years prior. Notice that Scott Walker refused an opportunity create, to create a high-speed rail. I noticed that. Now, this stimulus money was over $800 million, and it could have created 4,000 positions. Give you a little backdrop on that. Up here in Minnesota, you got a bunch of folks just running around talking about, well, we don't want no light rail to go way out here in these parts because these Negroes might commit some crime. That's really what it is. They really didn't want. They said, we don't want low income people. See, when they start using a word, low income, disenfranchised, people of color, all that bullshit, they talking about niggas. They just don't want to say black because you got to use these very broad and ambiguous terms. Can't say black. Can't say that word. The stimulus could have was over $800 million, could have created 4,000 positions. This could have given many black men jobs if hired. Where's the justice for Milwaukee? See, when you say the word, okay, by 2032, they said black men will lose 50% of labor jobs. And they said, well, the bag land DP, you, you, you being homophobic, you, you playing the gender and all that, well, fuck all that. If the agility report and artificial intelligence report says that black men specifically, they said black men, they didn't say black women, they didn't say gender, they didn't say none of that other shit. They said black men will lose 50% of labor jobs by the year of our Lord 2032. I said, what the fuck? How did they find out this goddamn information? They've been studying hard. So this is potential 4,000 jobs in the city of Milwaukee. All these black men could have been hired. If they're saying that by, 20, by the year of our Lord 2032, that black men are going to lose 50% of their jobs due to artificial intelligence. And this was a potential possibility to create justice of 4,000 potential jobs. Were they trying to create justice or were they not trying to create justice? Why did Walker turn this down? Let's stay in the question mode. Neely Fuller, Neely Fuller told us to stay in the question mode. Why has the U.S. turned a blind eye on this once great city of industrial building? Milwaukee had it popping at one point in time. Also note that many of the Rust Belt states went through the same thing. It also been reported that the 53206 zip code in the city has more arrests of black men than any zip code in the country, with over 60% of black men serving time. That ain't changed because of the Chinese coronavirus. Don't get it fucked up, y'all. So now... You got all of these special laws. Shout out to Lori Lightfoot of Chicago, Mole Lightfoot, Fraggle Rock Face Lightfoot. Shout out to her. Talk about where well, we're going to give millions and millions of dollars to immigrants with her little oversized suit. I'm pretty sure you use the people of Chicago. Should I suggest Alt Gale Garden or many other communities that's suffering from 18 to 40 murders per weekend? Yeah, I said it. Had to have been said. The megalomaniacal mainstream masochistic media, Roland Martin, Rigor Mortis Rowley, Don Lemon, and the rest of the Sambo-ass niggas ain't gonna say it, so I will. Thank you. I appreciate it. You got all these black folks out of work, 
getting lynched, found up in trees, race soldiers executing them. And then they saying, well, the Chinese coronavirus is the effect of black folks. All right, cut the fucking check. If we're the worst treated and we're getting the least constructive help, that means we should get the most. What's happening to Milwaukee is tragic and a common uh, occurrence, too common. This should be a human rights violation. It said the city lab made a report that half of Wisconsin's black neighborhoods are jails, which is another structural problem to keep black men unemployed. Now, listen to this quote. This is something I dug out the gutter since the mainstream megalomaniac or masochistic mainstream media didn't want to report it. So I will. Sharing this information on the Young, Gifted, and Black Coalition's blog, which is now defunct, I wonder why, I digress, Blank explains that he used a racial dot map to identify where predominantly Black neighborhoods defined as, quote, a certain area where the majority of residents are African Americans are located through the state. There's 56 of them, 31 of them which are either jails or prisons. There are 15 cities where the only black neighborhood is a jail. The city of Winnebago claims it has an African-American population of more than 19%, but most, if not all, of that black black population is located among one of four correctional facilities there. This is something very important that y'all need to understand. This is something your parents probably ain't told you. When you start going in some of these towns and you're wondering, well, damn, the black population is this, is the black population is that. They ain't talking about niggas with homes. They talking about prisons. They're not talking about people that are residents. They're talking about niggas that's in that plantation industrial complex. So you got to be you got to be wary about like if a place you're thinking about, man, I think, hell, you know, because I look on Wikipedia. You know, I look on that. I say, well, you know, it's 19% black folk. I might want to check this out. And then you look up and you drive through there and it feels like Alabama and Selma. <laughs> I mean, those black folks and Selma, you know what I'm saying? Like you, th- that's what they tried to, you know, to portray like, oh, well, most of the sundown towns was in, was in the South. But no, you, you go through, go, go to Anna. Go to Anna, Illinois and see what happens. Go to Backwoods, Indiana and see what I'm talking about. Go to places like that. I had a homeboy that was telling me. I asked him. I said, "Look, because he used to do like uh, he told me he used to do like security for like Yo Gotti and all them, and like you know for rappers and all that." And I asked him. I said, "Look, man, you've been all around the country doing security for artists. What is the worst place you ever been to in your life?" And you know, I assumed it was the South. I thought, I was like, "Man, is it Mississippi or something like that?" And he's like, "Man, Indiana." He said, you don't want to get caught out in backwoods. I ain't talking about like a major city, but I'm talking about in them sticks. He said, you do not want to get caught out in them sticks in Indiana. It's going to end bad for you every time. He said, it's, it's, it's one of the worst. He said, you He said you would think that you back in like, um, he said, you would think that you like back in the, in, in, in the 1900s. He said, you know, it's that same mentality. Like, you you just don't want to get caught out there. Like, you ain't going to get no justice out there, you you know? So that, that was very interesting in what he told me. Now, it says here that Bill Packard, a mogul of Global Automotive Alliance, an author stated that, you know, we tried politics and you know what happened. We tried marching. We tried protesting. And there is no silver bullet. 
Entrepreneurship is not a silver bullet, but economic drive most of our lives. The more money we keep in our community for a longer period of time, we all will benefit. See, there you go. Dr. Claude Anderson and Louis Farrakhan, they've been telling us this for about, for well, several decades now. Now, Packard suggested we create our own income opportunities and that jobs did not go to Mexico and China. They went to technology. He also suggested that we spend as much as possible with black owned businesses. Many of us are doing that now, which is good. Now, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, and Twitter, according to the company's diversity reports, are on an average of 56% white, 37% Asian, 3% Hispanic, 1% black. One of the larger issues is the lack of information. Some black folks know little about what the score of a developer job is, the, the scope of the of a de, of a de, of a de, the scope of a developer's job is and the money that can be made. Now, when I had my class, I had a lot of issues convincing people that. So that that's one small sector, very small, but it is a sector. As consumers, our children fall. Our children spend too much time and energy using the apps without knowing what can be created. That's another big problem. We're programmed to be consumers and not innovators and creators. Oftentimes, truth be told, let's keep it real, y'all. When you bring up the topic of what is behind these applications and systems, some black folks will deflect and avoid the conversation about them. Like every time when I bring up applications like, oh, what about creating an app or a business? Man, that's too hard. They're going to keep us. They're going to block it. A thousand excuses. That's the Popeye's chicken Negro spiritual people talking again. I'm telling you, it's the Popeye's chicken Negro spiritual people talking again. Well, let's stay on the plantation. Let's do any, everything. Let's do any and everything we can to avoid anything constructive. So you got to avoid that conversation with some of those folks. I've heard a lot of this. Well, it is what it is. Talk. We got to stop all that. It is what it is. Talk. We have too many is what it is. Negroes around. How about the concepts of what it is? what it is, what it's supposed to be and what we could do to refine or develop it. At least ask those questions. That question is a rarity and we should be asking that question a thousand times a week, especially now. I've heard people numerous times tell me, man, that's too negative, too much work. Let's just let it be. What was me? What was me? My ass. Let's attempt to consider even thinking about it. We got to get that. What was me out of our system? That's a failure mentality. You know, the GoDaddy web builder is $30 a month. You can design a site. You can manage it. You can manage your appointments. I did my entire site on my own and purchased a domain name for $10 a year. I could sell an autograph copy of my book. I could do a one-hour one consultation service, coffee, mugs, T-shirts. You, you got 5,000 followers, whatever platform you got, 10% of that platform could be supporters. You could use Linktree because you can't put links on Instagram. That's a good tool. You could have clothes, you could have books, you could have phone accessories, and it's going to need a lot of refinement. It looks good, but it could be better. But refinement should be standard with anything we build. You know, I even went as far to look up who held the number munchers copyright. Y'all remember number munchers? Any of my 80s babies? Number munchers is a game It came out in the 80s. It taught basic math and skills, and I love that game. So I reached out to Halton Miffin Harcourt for licensing. And they didn't want to really do business with me at that time. Not sure why, but I'm going to try again. So I was going to try to see if I could get that copyright and sell some clothes. 
and LLC is $150. You go to LegalZoom.com. Well, I don't need to do all that. I heard a nigga say that. I said, okay, this nigga's toxic. This is the nigga. Listen, this is the nigga that will see you lynched up in the tree and say, oh, Lord, 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 let's just go to church. That's the nigga that's going to say that rather than say, let's go get them pipes and find out who the fuck did this. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. I, that, that nigga was probably out too late. I done heard niggas say bullshit like that. You, you going to get a nigga like that? No, no, no. We can't have those conversations. Go to LegalZoom.com. Oh, no, don't go to LegalZoom.com. You might get a virus. Virus, virus, Black Lives Matter virus. See? The Popeye's chicken Negro spiritual people. You got to stay away from them niggas. You got to. You could go, uh, you could go to legalzoom.com, check out the LLC, $150 for your local state. You could get the Intuit self-employed app. It manages your mileage. Mileages will be a nice chunk of your daily expenses. If you go out to eat for business, that's a deduction. So if you go to Wild Wings and I give me an extra side sauce and we start talking business, that's a goddamn business meeting. Now you can't do it every day, but I'm just saying, like, you know, meals, tools, software. You know, I performed the search on CyberSeek and found it in the state of Minnesota. There's 5,600 CyberSec job openings. The workforce supply is low. Um, it's 13,000 CyberSec professionals employed. It's based on both public and private. That's that's a gap. A gap means a problem. Problems create opportunity. The average injury level salary they said is to be seventy five thousand, but I think it's you know your entry level. It's that's not really true. Like you probably gonna start off with maybe fifty fifty five. You know you're gonna need a solid foundation of networking, a good history of desktop support or server knowledge. You may want the security plus. Many firms would like prospective employers to have project management skills. You know. So, I mean, these are things you want to think about. I mean, Microsoft is offering a foundational Azure exam called the AZ-900. It's a free nine-hour course online. It's $100 to take the exam. Now, going back, before I close out tonight, I want to show you all some game. I want to ask a question. Am I making this shit up? Because when I wrote this report a year ago, when I looked at this article, it said the U.S. Department of Labor has created grants for apprenticeships. The federal government had a budget for $90 million. Now, Donald J. with the toupee and the labor secretary said they were focused on working with private companies and getting universities to pay the cost of the apprenticeships. Now, this is what Donald Trump said. Apprenticeships are going to be a big, big factor in our country. There are millions of good jobs that lead to great careers, jobs that do not require a four-year degree or the massive debt that often comes with those four-year degrees and often, and often two-year degrees. So in my response to that is black folks need a model like this more than ever before. You, you shouldn't have to wait, you know, a millennia until Jesus comes back for you to get a damn job. Now, listen to this. The CBS article quoted IBM, for example. Now, I, I mentioned that before. If I'm lying, if I'm off code, you check me. If I'm lying, if I'm lying, then you let me know that I'm lying. The CBS article quoted IBM, for example, participates in a six year program called P-TECH. Students in 60 schools across six states begin in high school. When they get a paid internship, 
They earn an associate's degree and get first in line consideration for jobs from 250 participating employers. It relies on funds outside the apprenticeship program, a challenge in that Trump's budget pro plan would cut spending overall on job training. The program uses $1.2 billion in federal funding provided under the Perkins Career and Technical Education Act passed in the year of our Lord, 2006. I wrote this report about a year or so ago. I looked at that article and I seen the future. I said, okay, things are going to change. All this yeah, get your college degree. Think, think, get your college degree. Think, think, that shit with you. Y'all remember when Michelle Obama was doing that bullshit? She had a little bullshit commercial. Get your college degree. Think, think. Didn't say nothing about black ownership. Didn't say nothing about uh, the H1B visas. Didn't have, see, she's a lawyer. Don't get it fucked up. Don't look, just don't look at skin folk as skin folk. Them niggas knew about this type of shit that was coming coming to pass. They didn't tell black folks this. That's why Chicago's fucked up right now. Chicago was messed up, and that should have been the that should have been the, the the flag line for black empowerment when it comes to stuff like that. And they didn't do anything about it. They had eight years to figure that shit out. And they didn't do nothing about it. So that tells you about your so called so called Barack family how they felt about black folks very very clear well no man keep hope alive fuck hope we need tangibles hope to pay your fucking bills straight up if anybody wants to get into the information technology game and get some game about yourself, you can go to www.beingblackandit.com. I'll be releasing another report in the year of our Lord, November 2020. This concludes the Bagland podcast. If you're not satisfied, you could always go back to the megalomaniac or masochistic mainstream media for the Sambo Plantation Coon Fest. Y'all have a good night.